And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal, the full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show, presented by RIA Advisors. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP. Here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're slightly groggy, slightly tired. But we're here. And I'm going to start today with a great quote. Few things are more irritating than when someone who is wrong is also very effective in making his point. Mark Twain said that. Gosh, is that true? A head full of narratives spilled out all over at you. And you can't do a thing but try to. Go for your own life preserver and save yourself. <laughs> so I want to let uh, Danny know that this weekend is uh, Revenge Travel Weekend. Revenge Travel Weekend. Revenge what is that in travel? Well, it's because no matter, even though costs are up greatly for gasoline, travel is going to be up more than 8% over 2021. People just want to get the heck out. <laughs> So they don't care. They're going to just, everybody's going to kick off their summer travel with a trip. And they don't care how much it costs. You know, I find that interesting, especially compared to conversations that we've had with people saying, hey, we're cutting back. We're not traveling as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe, you know what, uh, it's probably different demographic, maybe. Yeah, people that, well, look at what's going on with credit cards, right? Credit cards, uh, credit card balances are up. Through the roof. Yep. So what's another trip at 19% to 21% interest? Yeah. Well, you know, I visited with somebody um, Wednesday, and uh, they said, hey, kids get out of school on Thursday. We're on a plane to Cancun next morning. I said, genius, without the kids, even better. So (laughs) maybe that's what it is. Everybody's just tired. So wait a minute. So getting out of town. Hey, the kids are out, school, boat, and we're headed to Cancun. Now we're leaving the kids. Grandma, grandpa, come get them. Come get them. Man, I'll tell you. I've never been, had the ability to do that. I, who? Well, me, I have not. You don't? No. <laughs> heck no. Like, there's three. I'll take one. The only thing that Danny could do is probably just uh, sit under a tree in his yard with a pina colada. And maybe that for two minutes. That sounds appealing. Uh, for the first two minutes. <laughs> probably about right there is nothing like there's this little bar in isla morada that we went to not only did they serve the best fish sandwiches but any kind of frozen alcoholic drink you want chocolate key lime you name the flavor they got it frozen and just beautiful it's a different world it's a different world. And, you know, I hope some of you get to enjoy that this weekend and uh, take advantage of it. It was nice that maybe we closed the market on a positive note for the weekend, even though it's hard for me to believe that traders want to be long over the Memorial Day weekend. But we do know volume will be lighter. Therefore, we could get major moves one way or another. Obviously, yesterday was... Uh, uh, a solid reflexive rally, and 
Lance's MACDs have been showing <clears throat> a buy signal. And listen, you're not in the clear by any means. We've been expecting this reflexive uh, rally for a long time. Looks like this might stick, Danny. But as an investor, you've got to be careful. I spoke to someone yesterday. He says, oh, my gosh, I'm conservative. I've been conservative, and now I want to get, I'm like, I want to get in. And this is someone who wanted to be conservative a week ago and changed up everything he's doing and now wants to go back. Listen, the market's going to try to suck you all in. This is not an all clear. This is an overdone kind of, the sentiment's been overdone negative. This is a reflexive rally. Take a step back. Maybe you, this is a really, really good time to get your portfolio allocation right. But to move your allocation back and forth, especially during, right, Danny, bear markets, you can have some of the best oh, yeah. daily rallies ever. Well, I think this is when we really need to temper our expectations and emotions for that matter. I mean, Dow's still down 10, S&P's down 15, NASDAQ's mm -hmm. down 25. Take a step back and say, what has changed? What caused this problem? And has anything really fundamentally changed from there? And now maybe we can say we're starting to get some data that's not as hot. Um, you know, negative GDP, CPI was still very high, but, um, you know, looks like we may have been peaking. And now we're beginning to see with earnings. I mean, we're seeing a lot of these retailers, other companies who are, you know, they're, they're not nearly as, uh, as good as what a lot of people were expecting. And these retailers are really taking it on the chin right now. Yeah, I think what set the tone positive yesterday was Dollar General and Dollar Tree. They had much better earnings. Listen, but it makes sense. Well, people are shopping at different places. Well, of course, but I mean, Dollar Tree is like the new high-end store, right? I mean, if you're pressed for dollars, right, and your budget is strained, you're going to the dollar store. This is not rocket science. Why that bring that? Why that takes sentiment up for everything else is another thing. But you were overdone. It's a rubber band snap. Bear markets are, and again, even though we're not officially there, I believe we're there. Because if you look underneath the surface, there's a lot of rubble, okay? So bear markets have an incredible ability to suck you back in before the final blow. It's just the way it is. You have to have rules now more than ever to add exposure Say you've been way underweight and you want to start blossoming out your equity allocation. There's nothing wrong with doing that. If you have rules, if you have an incremental way of doing it, right? Maybe what we call value average. I'm not a big fan of dollar cost average, but value average is I've got a lump sum. I've got something that's incredibly downtrodden, like, like NVIDIA, right? You look at something like NVIDIA, it's totally trashed. Yesterday it came back, but... You know, maybe you look at areas, but after doing your homework, listen, with all this liquidity leaving the market, you have to do your homework. It's going to go back to looking at balance sheets, cash flow statements, things that advisors and brokers have no clue what they are. Balance sheets, what? Yeah, I can balance, look. Holy sheet. They can't do it. This is going to be the time where real investors start to shine over the next few years. And you know what, Danny? 
I think it's great. I think all this liquidity leaving the market, it, it puts the stocks back into the hands of their rightful owners. Yep. It makes us investors again. That's if the Fed doesn't cop out. That's if the Fed doesn't decide that, you know, they're going to chicken out of it, their process, and go ahead and uh, say, oh, my gosh, we got to bail out the markets. They cannot. They cannot. We're waiting before we purchase. We have to have certain signals confirmed before we even look at this rally as something to add or additional exposure to. But it is a good time to get your portfolio allocation in check. We get back, we're going to talk about that, like with target date funds and some other good thoughts when we uh, return here, Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Some people don't know about bonds. I am told this is a bond. I've never seen a bond before. I never owned a bond in my portfolio. It is terrifying. Get to know bonds in our next free Lunch and Learn. Thursday, June 2nd with Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Lance Roberts. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The thing about bonds with Ratliff, Rosso, and Roberts. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. What's this, everybody? <laughs> Splat. What's that? Dead cat bell. Dead, thank you. The Westerosi Ninja says, dead cat bounce, heavy resistance. <laughs> I'm going to write a script. The Westerosi Ninja. He comes out of the south, <laughs> moving to the west. He's got a samurai sword and a Stetson. He's... Westerosi ninja. But that's what it could really be. Right? A dead cat bounce. It's a way to fool you to get into things or re-blossom your allocation or change or whipsaw you around because you don't have any rules. You're going by your gut. And let me tell you, your brain is like a lizard's brain when it comes to markets. It's incredibly primal. It's incredibly emotional. And when you're getting these extreme kinds of moves, you make or possibly can make extreme decisions. And that's not the way to do it. Right, Danny? More than ever, you need a discipline. You need to know what kinds of returns you need to hit your goals. You need to look a bit longer term and understand the personality of bear markets. So went some guy on Fox Business yesterday, some pundit talking about, well, you know, we're rallying in the face of bad news. That is, that, is, that is a good sign from a, hey, bear market's over. But 
you have to hit a lot of other metrics before you say you're in the clear. And nothing, Danny, you said it, nothing's really changed than it was before. Um, the, uh, was it the CBO came out and said that inflation was going to be roughly about 4.5% by the end of the year. They didn't even take into account. That data is so late. The, the Russian-Ukraine situation, mm -hmm. right? We're estimating 5.5%. And we are really starting to move through a food shortage, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, that are going to keep prices inflated. And I will tell you, if margins begin to get hurt, which we're starting to see, where companies cannot pass on price increases, well, as an employee of these big companies, uh, you're not going to get the raises you thought you were going to get. Hiring is going to slow. And companies are looking at technology more than ever, right? Well, they are. And I think companies are already having a difficult time trying to hire, trying to find quality employees that want to come to work. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to people in many different industries. And this is a common theme, Rich. And, you know, I think that we have to be extremely cautious here. Like you mentioned, you know, Mark Twain, speaking of him, said history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And so we all look for, you know, oh, is this the same as this, this market or this market? And it's not going to be identical, but we can take a lot of these things that we've, we've learned from in the past and hopefully learn something from it, especially in this environment where, like you mentioned, you need to trade with rules. You need to understand, you know, try to take that emotion out of it mm -hmm. because this thing could go for a little bit longer. Just like I always find it interesting that we want to rationalize markets. Since Lance is harassing us on YouTube, we should ask him the question, how long can these reflexive bounces last? My thought is you can be here for a month at least. I mean, just enough to suck everybody in to think it's over. And then your withdrawal rate really is in trouble, <laughs> right? So step back. So, oh, this is a good one. The SEC Wednesday took a step toward clamping down on greenwashing. Now, I do admit I like that term. Two major rule changes for ESG disclosure. Gosh, I mean, sooner or later, like molasses runs in the winter in Vermont, they come around, don't they, Danny? To understanding, wait a minute, maybe this isn't exactly ESG. These labeling of products that are all ESG and, the, and this is their investment process. So the SEC is going to clamp down on the use of the terminology, Right. Because they say, well, it could be materially, materially deceptive. Shocker. What do you think? What took you so long? That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, look, these things are predatorial in, in many different ways. I mean, uh -huh. you have them boxed up and you don't quite understand the glide path when you're talking about target date funds. ESG funds may not be all that different. I know we spend a lot of time talking about these things, but, you know, this is something that we hear about frequently. And unfortunately... It is, it is that feel-good story or, hey, I can set it and forget it on the, the TDF funds, and you don't have to worry about it. But that's not the case, and what happens is usually we get into a bad environment similar to this, and that's when you find out, hey, let's see what's actually going on inside this fund. How does it really work? And most people, they're pretty shocked, I think, when they, when they actually find out what they're invested in. And SEC 
Commissioner Carolyn Crenshaw did a Homer Simpson. Homer always says, I got to use my inside voice. I got to use my inside voice. And then she, he says something. Don't! Right? That he shouldn't have said. And she goes, a fund's name is often the first piece of fund information investors see. And while investors should go beyond the name itself and look at the fund's underlying disclosures, a fund's name can have a significant impact on their investment decisions. That is telling you how the general investing public does their homework. Look at the funny name. Oh, look, it says it's green. Oh, look, it says tiptoe through the tulips. It must be an ESG fund. So it, it's amazing, right? Lance wrote so many articles about the ESG facade and pulled away the curtain to see what's really behind all this junk. Now, I think it's positive the SEC is going ahead and doing this because maybe, maybe you will actually have ESG, whatever the heck that is. Uh, be more compliant and do what it actually says. Not an S&P fund in a green skirt. Looking very cute, by the way. You mean you're supposed to run a company and a business <laughs> in a way that is right and think about others yes imagine this it's uh, it's becoming a rare uh, event as or, we move forward you know, or what history. your overall impact is i mean look i i get it these are things i think businesses should be doing anyways and i think that there's probably lots of rules regulations that already require them to do so we're just gonna see who is greener yeah Listen, I think Exxon has a, I think with Lance's research, Exxon had a better ESG score than Tesla. So when Tesla did get tossed. Yeah, Elon Musk was not happy. He wasn't happy. Well, he got tossed not because of any material reason. We know why he got tossed. But it's sort of, if you actually were doing the homework, it would make sense that he possibly, his firm got tossed from being or considered ESG compliant, don't you think? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, what are you going to do with, I mean, we can go down a big rabbit hole here and spend, you know, two or three segments on this, but what are you going to do with the batteries? Where does the energy come from? I mean, look, you put the car side by side to a combustible engine, of course, it's going to be, you know, much better for the environment in that aspect. But when you start tracing it back and understanding where all these things are coming from, and where they're going, mm -hmm. it paints a lot different picture. You know how I know this uh, SEC commissioner is correct? How people invest in target date funds. Right. The financial rule of dumb, not thumb. There are so many financial rules of dumb out there. So I'm going to retire in 2065. So I'm going to go for the Vanguard Target Retirement Fund 2065 because, hey, that's when it matures. Unlike me, it never does. Or similar to me. I mean, there's been some controversy lately, Danny, that I've been reading about how people are jaded by target date funds because on their date of retirement, their fund's down 15% and they can't really figure it out. 
if you remember back in 08, which I really find interesting, there were lawsuits over this because everybody expected, oh, if you were in a 2008 target date fund, you should be super conservative. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case, and it's still not the case. And yet, this is a qualified deferred investment option for most 401k plans where <laughs> if you don't set something in your 401k, it's going to default to one of these. And that can be a, a an issue because a lot of people do set it and forget it. They think, hey, I'm in it. This is the fund I need for me because it's going to be invested for my specific time frame. And it'll be super conservative by the time I'm ready to retire. And that's just not always the case. It's In fact, not because most of the, of the time it's not the case. Most of the time it's not the case, right? Yeah. Because of this complicated math called the glide path, which really always results in more stocks, right? That It's just the way it works. So I spoke to a younger person yesterday and she goes, listen, I only have target date funds in my account. I said, okay, let me give you, let me give you a rule of dumb, which I think is actually pretty good. All right. She goes, look at the Vanguard 2065 fund. Okay, that's fine. But let me explain something you call valuations. Well, the market's been down, right? Yeah, but stocks are not cheap. If you look at valuations right now on Schiller PE, I think you're still close to 30 over 30 times earnings, right? So why not us look at a 2020 fund? But I'm not retiring in 2020. And isn't that a couple, isn't that, didn't that pass yet? Yeah, a lot of kids, they don't know math or chronological order anymore. When we get back, I want to give you an idea. If you are looking at a target fund, a date fund, what I told this young lady to do. And she thought it made a lot of sense. And I don't make a lot of sense on Friday mornings. <laughs> Darn early. Lance, how do you do this every daring day? All right, we get back. We'll discuss on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Some people don't know about bonds. I am told this is a bond. I've never seen a bond before. I never owned a bond in my portfolio. It is terrifying. Get to know bonds in our next free Lunch and Learn. Thursday, June 2nd with Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Lance Roberts. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The thing about bonds with Ratliff, Rosso, and Roberts. realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Oh, we almost had a major catastrophe here. Brent lost his mouse, but the dead cat found it. Um, I bet that's what it was. A cat got Damn. it. Cat got your tongue? No, cat got my mouse. Hey, Danny, do you know why a stock market crash is worse than a divorce? No. You lose half your money and your wife's still around. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> we're here all morning to try the veal. <laughs> and we're serving white Russians. The drink, too. Um, so, target date fun rule. 
forget the darn year in the title. It means nothing. Nothing. It's all for nothing, like James Bond's death. It shouldn't have happened. It's nothing. Go by valuations. Use a valuation trigger. 30 times earnings. I'm going to go in the shortest possible duration. That's how I'm going to use the year on my side. So I tell her, go into the 2020 fund. But I'm two years late. It's 2022. Yes. But this is finance. There's no such thing as math in it. Get it? You go into the 2020. It's got 50% equities. When valuations get better, we'll talk. And then we're going to move out the year. We're going to use the target date fund to our benefit. And we're going to come up with a rule so you don't get so discouraged when you see markets come down, yet you are getting market exposure. And that seemed to have make sense. Again, valuations in the short term don't mean much. When you're going through market turmoil, all of a sudden valuations mean everything. And with interest rates going higher, liquidity draining, and value stocks doing what they're doing, and again, we go back to balance sheets, whoosh, holy sheet, and income statements and cash flow statements, right? All the things your advisor has no clue of, okay? And that's where it's going to be. So you invest. There's nothing wrong with trying to minimize the volatility you're going to face and then make a move, it takes time and attention. You got to look under the hood, as Homer Crenshaw says at the SEC. Right, Danny? Well, I think you need to understand, too, who you're dealing with and what, what their intent is as well. I mean, many times, are you dealing with a salesman or are you dealing with an advisor? I mean, this is a problem right. many times because you have somebody, they're one-trick ponies, they have one offering, that's it. And that's what you're going to get every single time. And so this is where it does take a little bit of extra due diligence to understand Okay, what are the motives? What do you have to offer? And really understand what the impact is to you. Because look, these target date funds, like you said, a 2022, or not even that, a 2020 fund has 43% in equities. A 2065 fund that you refer referenced mm -hmm. has 88%. Mm -hmm. That's a significant difference. But you also have to understand, in this type of environment, what else is underneath the hood? What are, what are bonds doing right now? What type of other investments are you in? How much international exposure do you have? Right. These are all things that are important and, and things that you need to quite, you need to understand. The problem is, is let's face it, most people don't. They're not given the tools, the technology. Because Homer Simpson um, Crenshaw is right. People well, look at a title. They do. And then they invest. And that's not how you're supposed to do it. Why do you think they come up with all these, you know, sort of gitchy kind of ETF names? Well, the, the tools and technology and are there. The problem is, I think it's paralysis by analysis. There's so much information. I think, you know what? This is what we have to offer. Forget it. This is what we're going to do. You know, I think we can make a pretty good argument for most people in target date funds. We could do better even with a small offering within the 401k and saying, hey, let's, let's move some to stable value. Let's look at, you know, other areas and let's stay out of certain places. 
which is another reason for the, um, you know, the, the 401k guide within the newsletter. Right. I, I want to let you know we've lost the YouTube channel to what kind of cheese is the best. Yeah. Walmart's great value, I which I don't you. really think is cheese, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, I could taste the petroleum in that thing. Um, or craft. And I don't even know if that's cheese. It just may have less petroleum in it. But last night I had a dream. They're made in the same refinery. I had a dream that I was on my back in bed. And my girlfriend comes in. And she lays a pot of Velveeta cheese and shells on my chest. And all I have is a big spoon and I'm eating it. <laughs> Did okay. it have Rotel peppers in it? No. But... I should add those. You can't have Velveeta without Rotel. I would tell you, I had such a craving for macaroni and cheese last night. But once <laughs> you start talking about great value cheese, you blow my whole fantasy. <laughs> so I don't need to know, but did you really have the dream? I really did. <laughs> really? Yeah. Some mind I'm, of Richard Ross. I'm not surprised. That's because Amy stocks up on that stuff for her daughter, and we started talking about it last night. I said, and I wish I had it right now with a pizza next to me, and all I could do is just sit in my bed and get crying. I'm just, you know, food in me, you know. We have this weird relationship. I let Brent eat the Velveeta shells and cheese with the peppers. Oh, that. <laughs> I'm so confused. Never mind. Could you put those on? Could you actually put that on pizza? What do you think? Velveeta? No. With shells? No. no. Well, you could. What do you think? I'm not saying like. it's going to be any good. Yeah. I mean, you got to have pizza. you got to have mozzarella. You Parme and your rules. Parmesan. Pizza rules. Yeah. Equity stock rules. Pizza rules. I'm, I'm, I'm just we, should, we should do a pizza portfolio comprised of the companies that manufacture the ingredients that go on that pizza. The pizza portfolio. Well, did, do you remember there used to be some brokers that would use the pizza as how to explain the diversification? Here's your right? slice. Yeah. Here's your slice, and then you put all the, you know, international is your olives and, and all of that. Well, I think you got to break and, it down in ways for people to understand, but sometimes I'm not sure the advisor truly understands the the overall allocation and what that means, because let's face it, yeah. the target date funds very similar to many managed accounts. It doesn't change. It rebalances. The glide path is very, very slow if there is one at all. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's an easy way to, to kind of look at it. It is. Again, there's nothing wrong. If, and you have a long time frame, you can use the volatility to be your friend. You could place money in. But understand the expectations, right? I bet there are a lot of, of your friends that have gotten totally annihilated. I read a story on investment. <laughs> Velveeta cheese with pepperoni. <laughs> you know what? That sounds pretty good. A Velveeta pizza with pepperoni. You know, I really like this Westerosi Ninja. Man, I'm staying away from that. <laughs> that sounds delicious, especially for breakfast. That would make a really good breakfast for me. Yes, orange is my favorite color, by the way. Is that cheesy orange? I don't know. I think it's Halloween-y orange. So back to cheese, pizzas, and portfolios. Let's do it. Okay. Let's talk about that. Um, 
All right. At, at what point did you lose control of the show, Richard? I, I'm just trying to. <laughs> it's the YouTube channel, man. They're out of control. We're going to have to t- turn that off for him. <laughs> I am told it's a YouTube channel, but it's a bunch of crazy people. Um, how are people so active and awake at this period, of, at this time of the morning? It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Well, speaking of that, this Bond um, lunch and learn we're going to have on June 2nd is going to be great, right? Especially since we're actually starting to see bonds do what they're supposed to do, which is to help provide diversification to the portfolio. We went through this scary period where bonds and stocks moved at the same time. But to Lance's point, you know, eventually you're going to see more money going into treasuries. The fear trades there. Money always goes into treasuries. So we're going to be talking about this on June 2nd. And by the way, we did really get AOC to do this ad. That's not me. Um, The thing about bonds, how they work, how do you deal with bond yields? Maybe, you know, Lance will talk about expectations for bond yields. Why bonds in your portfolio are a good thing. So... This will be, um, again, this June 2nd at noon. You sign up. This is a virtual event at Real Investment Advice. And I guess we could have um, Belvita Pizza for lunch during the bond discussion. So, so I think, again, um, we are seeing bonds becoming, I think a little people are getting, beginning to understand that bonds do eventually come around. Don't you think so, Danny? Well, I think so, but that's the, that's the thing that people don't quite understand as well, is there's still going to be volatility within bonds. I think we look back, and in six months, where are we? Are we in a better spot or a worse spot mm-hmm. with bonds, right? Getting there, we may grit our teeth a couple times and say, oh, man, this is rough. But I think inevitably it's going to play out the way we believe it will, especially with economic data, the way it's coming in. This continues that trend. I think this is going to be a very good place to be. It's going to be a place that will not be as so correlated to the equity markets as we've seen over the last couple of months, and things will change drastically. So, hey, go sign up for that, realinvestmentadvice.com. Go to the events tab. Yes. It'll be Richard, Lance, myself. We're going to talk a lot about bonds, what's going on. Uh, realinvestmentadvice.com. You can sign up right there. It'll be next Thursday, June 2nd. Hope to see you all, hope to see you all there. We get back. Social Security 2100 bill. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Some people don't know about bonds. I am told this is a bond. I've never seen a bond before. I never owned a bond in my portfolio. It is terrifying. Get to know bonds in our next free Lunch and Learn. Thursday, June 2nd with Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Lance Roberts. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. The thing about bonds with Ratliff, Rosso, and Roberts. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Discuss Lance's favorite topic. Charts. <laughs> Social Security. 
So the Social Security 2100 Sacred Trust Bill is coming up. So a mm, few things. It's been diluted a bit. Um, first, it adopts the Consumer Price Index for the elderly. Such a terrible word, elderly, as the basis for COLA, cost of living adjustment. You know, Danny, there are some studies that are coming out as much as I thought the CPI-E was the right uh, adjustment to use, that the actual CPI-W, right, is actually, it actually would be longer term better for seniors. So uh, there's been just so much talk coming out of think tanks as to, is this really a good idea? So as I read more on the process, I'm wondering myself, but that's part of this sacred trust then also um, applying the payroll tax to annual wages above 400000 Again, I don't understand this magical $400,000 income number. Do you? No, I, I don't quite understand that because, you know, it's been three hundred, it's been $400,000. we have heard all different numbers thrown out. Just depends on the bill and who's writing it, I, I assume. Um, you know, it, it also has an increase in payroll tax from 12.4% to 14.8. And that'll be another gradual one, Rich, that's going to be graduated over time. I, I don't know who's setting these things or where they come up with it. I'm not sure that they, you know, are doing the homework that they need. Right. Because you would think that you, you would have some very specific numbers behind it. And I'm just, I, have, I haven't seen that information yet. So what it does, yeah, I agree. Um, the new legislation is not as robust as the first iteration of this, of this bill. It removes adjustments to the payroll tax rate. And that was responsible for closing two-thirds of the solvency gap. Uh, and then they're going to add eight new benefit expansions to this as well. So, again, you, we try to fix something, and we don't fix it. But you make it worse, right? You make it worse. Now you take more money from people and you also are going to give more money away in other areas, which is not <laughs> typically what we want to do as we, you know, balance the book, right? Right. So it it'll take it'll it'll go ahead and shore up the trust fund to around twenty thirty eight. That's really not a big difference, Danny. No. From what original what the original numbers were. Now the first iteration of this act would have taken it out to like twenty forty seven or twenty forty eight. So again, nothing done but this sacred trust and benefits expansion. Uh, so you're going to add um, additional benefits for disabled workers, spouses, young adults, and the very old. Well, Social Security is already longevity insurance people have to understand it's there to mitigate the risk of living longer than life expectancy tables say you're going to live that's already what it's there for so i don't know what the very old is like how long do i live they said what's very old i can't see anything in the bill that tells me what very old means like you know i'm 12 so it may take me a while to get to where I need to go. Uh, what is very old, Danny? What do you think very old means in the bill? You know, I don't know. Danny's what? age, probably, right? 85 mentally? 85 mentally. Come on, man. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't know. That's the problem, right? There's a lot of, there's some things that are extremely vague here. Yes. Um, so what is that number? What does it look like? And then, you know, is that going to change as well as, 
you know, lifespans increase or decrease? Yeah, but nothing about increasing the retirement age. Yeah. Right? Like, people are working longer, right? What's, what about if you go to age 68, right? Let's, let's take it up. What if I went ahead and I did delayed retirement credit at 71? What if I just took the cap off payroll tax? You know, there's just a lot you could do. We always talk about uh, what the actuary game, the social security game. Mm-hmm. You all should look it up since, you, you know, I don't think anybody on YouTube, at least what I'm reading, or they don't really have any plans, I am telling you, for Memorial Day. Because nobody wants to see you people. So go ahead, look up the social security game. You can fix it. In about two tweet. minutes, and it'll drive you nuts because you think, why can these politicians not fix this? But look, they're going to kick the can down the road. It's not the most electable type of policy or, or hill to stand on, unfortunately, because somebody's always going to be upset. But you would think, but I know, but you would think, Danny, like, say, current administration. Mm-hmm. If I, fixing Social Security, you would think that would secure a really strong part of the vote, right? Like, we're going to fix it. Nobody's fixing it. We're going to make sure you don't lose your checks. I mean, you can really scare the old, you know, older people to death if you want to here. This seems like a good political move. Yeah, if you did it right, I think so. But there's somebody who's always going to be left out. you got to think, okay, so somebody's going to be grandfathered into this old policy. Yeah. What will be the new policy and who's going to be upset because it's changing? And that's what they're looking at, I think, probably more than anything, because it makes no sense why we wouldn't go fix this. But we continuously have this problem where we like to make it worse before we try to make it better. You know what would shore up the whole Social Security system right away? What's that? Soylent Green. Really? Right. You take everybody 65 plus. Okay. We're having a food shortage. Great movie. Soylent Green. Charlton Heston. What do you think? No. No? Not going to no. work for you? No. Maybe if you put cheese on it. <laughs> Now, not that great American. Let's talk about the YouTube. Which cheese YouTube channel would you put on Soylent Green? Would it be great value? (laughs) Kraft? Velveeta? Although that is Kraft. Soylent Velveeta (laughs) is is the answer. Oh, man. That's a great movie, by the way. Mm. There is a drink. It's a protein drink. It's called Soylent. And I'm like, I'm not going near that drink. No, no. <laughs> I don't know what's in that. Could be drinking your grandmother. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, speaking of Soylent Green, we're working on something pretty exciting. We're working on providing tools for you to go ahead and put your trust or your will together partnering with a big company out there eventually. Interesting um, kind of study that comes out from TD Wealth that 83% of estate and financial planners are using digital tools to support clients' estate planning. Now, we help people understand in our plans the right things to do. But even the basics, Danny, it's, it's tough to get people to just do Simple wills, guardianships for kids, uh, just in case something happens to both parents, the, uh, powers of attorney, living wills, not even talking about elaborate trust planning here. Um, but it's going to be 
Um, you're going to see, I think, much more digital integration of estate planning into tools that advisors provide. I mean, we have a new element to the tool we're researching right now for the individuals that want to look at charitable remainder trusts and grantor trusts. And I understand the state tax exemptions are high now, but I just think it's inevitable that exemptions go lower and this estate tax issue becomes a big deal. I, I, I don't know, Danny. I know it, it seems to get kicked down the road a lot and not talked about, but I just think that it's going to be a problem um, when it comes to estate planning. We're going to have to look at more elaborate trust planning as well. But do you realize that, according to TD Wealth, the designation of beneficiaries, or probably not even the designation, was the leading cause of family conflict. How many conversations are not done before that estate planning paperwork is done? Or they let these cold legal documents speak for themselves and create family rifts that last for generations. Well, it's not only that. I mean, I think it's really important to make sure everyone knows where these documents are stored. I've seen problems where, you know, there's three siblings and, and everybody says, well, I don't know where the, where the will is. I can't find it. And we didn't have beneficiary designations on file. They didn't do the things that, you know, could, make, could have made some of these things easier. So they say, hey, this was designed to be one way, when in reality, maybe it was something completely different. You know, it's, it's common. Unfortunately, you know, we deal with this often where somebody passes and we always try to make sure, hey, make sure you're visiting with your attorney, understand that you have these things set up. And this is one of the more important things, I, I think. You know, I think that you mm -hmm. need to address this. So many times we visit with people and we say, listen, here's your action items here. And here's the order I would do this in. And that is typically at the top because this is something that's so overlooked. That's so important. We're so concerned about where, what we do with our money while we're alive. But what about when it's gone? Because I know most of you have probably good intents with it and you worked hard. You want to leave a legacy. You want to help charities. You want to help your church. There's so many different things that people uh, want to do and strive to do with their funds. But yet we don't set it up because nobody wants to address our mortality. And that's a problem. And that's and the problem with most And even if you things. do, you're not sharing that information with your family members and your beneficiaries while you're here. I see it all the time with clients that have children, you know, two children, three children, and they're trying to figure out how to divide everything up. They don't want to say anything to their kids. They're going to let the kids decide. Well, what a cause of conflict. Why don't you have an open conversation with them or bring them into my office and figure out who wants the China, who wants the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, right? Who wants all this stuff? Allay the conflict before you're gone. You don't want that to be part of your legacy. Okay, so remember, the thing about bonds, I am told it's going to be great because Lance Roberts is going to be there with us talking about bonds and yields. It's sort of his thing. It's a fetish for him. We, we, we let him get away with it. See you next weekend. I mean, next Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's a rich man's world.